All praises to the Most High. Ladies and gentlemen, saints and sinners, Righteous Radio has returned after a seven-year hiatus. We are back to bring you pertinent, spiritual and prophetic news and information. It is time that we would return to the scene. All praises to the Most High, Creator of the earth, the sea, and all that dwelleth therein. Today, we embark once again on this journey with you. Today, Righteous Radio, where the truth is the sound, returns. We are glad to be back, and we have a tremendous episode for you today. Righteous Radio today will bring you an episode of Epic Proportions. You know I had to come back swinging with both fists. In the name of the Most High. And today's episode is called Where Church Meets Scripture. Where Church Meets Scripture. Now, that might bring a lot of things to your mind. You may wonder, what is that going to be about? I mean, it's obvious what it's going to be about, but the parameters of it, you probably wonder, where am I going with this? Well, get your Bibles ready, because we're going to use scriptures. We ain't just going to talk. We're going to use scriptures, because the Messiah said that we could do greater things than he could do. And yet, do we see that today in today's church? And is today's church a representation of the Messiah's message and his way of living. Let us pray. All praises to the most high creator of the earth, the sea, and all that dwelleth therein. O Elohim, we come before you today with a prayer asking that you would embark upon this lesson with us and that you would pour down your spirit upon me and speak through me, that I not speak my words, but your words, and that through your word, we would be enlightened, bring understanding and commonsensical information to the masses, I pray. Shalom.
So let's get it. Let's talk about it. Where church meets scripture. Now Christ said we could do greater things than what he could do. But where is that today? Do we see that today? That is the question. And where is today's church? Is, is today's church, what, the, these churches that we walk into, or you know, are we in error in considering those modern day representations of Christ? Now, you would say, absolutely, they are representations of Christ, or I wouldn't be going through the doors every Sunday. But, alas, let's delve into the scriptures and compare some things. Let's start with John 14 and 12. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So it's clear here that Christ talks about many things. He talks about works. A lot of Christians don't like to talk about works because it is said that faith, not works, is the key. Uh, but Paul's writings are hard to be understood. And many people run to Paul's writings for these type of comments, but don't understand Paul's writings because to be quite perfectly honest, Christ lays heavier footsteps than Paul could ever lay when it comes to what he expects and desires for us. If the religion is called Christianity, with the root word being Christ, and if the Christ that we are talking of and speaking of is Yeshua, I know a lot of y'all say Jesus, my Jesus, but uh, with no letter J when he lives, so I call him Yeshua. Yeah, sure. 
if we are going to teach of his exploits and if we are going to call ourselves, which I don't call myself personally, a Christian, um, anybody can call themselves a Christian. The Ku Klux Klan called themselves Christians. Uh, many people have taken on the mantle that, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. It, it just, the word doesn't hold any weight anymore. So I, I don't really use it. Um, I'm of the persuasion that I'm following the most high for real, not for play. So I don't use that particular term. But as we read in John 14 and 12, you know what I mean? Christ said we could do greater things than he could do, then we should be seeing that today. We should see manifestations of that today. We should see the same things that we saw from the disciples after Christ was gone off of the earth. The same thing that the same power from on high that Christ was operating in, we should see that operating in our churches. And if we're not seeing it, why are we going? Why are we considering these houses to be houses where Elohim dwells? Why can't he dwell in your house? I'm not telling you that it, you're not supposed to go you know, in fellowship with the saints because that's scripture. But the question is, who are the saints? You know, when when uh, they told Christ his mother and father had been looking for him when he was he was uh, delivering his message, uh, he had stranded off from his parents and was delivering his message to the people. Uh, he said. Who is my mother? Who is my father? They, they are the ones who, you know, are doing the will of the Most High, basically. You know, um, so who are the saints? And are we doing it right today? Are we doing it right if the church is not a representation of what we see in the scriptures? Now, this is what I mean. Christ said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on, believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Now, if we look in Acts, the fifth chapter, there is evidence of that. It starts out in 12. We'll start in 12. No, we'll, well, actually, we will start in 14. Let's start in Acts, the fifth chapter in the 14th verse. And believers were more were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about in, unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. 
So we see that before we even get out of the scriptures and get into today's time frames, that the manifestation of what Christ said was already in action. Because Peter was so endowed with anointing and power that his mere shadow, if you pass through his shadow, you was healed. There was no scripture that I read that said if you pass through Christ's shadow, you were healed. Now, I'm not saying that that might not have been the case. But it looks to be scripturally that this is a manifestation somewhat of what Christ said. Because Peter had an anointing on him. The disciples, the apostles, they was going out, healing the sick, doing miracles the same way Christ was doing them. Now, let's talk about Elisha. Let, let, let's, let's talk about some of the prophets and, and some of the men of God. Let, let's, let's read some scriptures about things that they did even before Christ came on the scene. So when Christ came on the scene and he did what he did, and then after him, see, there's a pattern established. The pattern is that Elohim operates in power. Now, what you have to ask yourself after this broadcast is the question that I pose, where does the church meet scripture when we compare what we see? I mean, a lot of you are sick. A lot of you are, you know, you have ailments, whether it be mentally, spiritually, or physically. The most high Elohim is a healer, and he is all-powerful. There's nothing more powerful than him. Christ was a healer. Are you being healed in the church? Mentally? Spiritually, physically, I know that the church is a place for new beginnings. You see many people who maybe they go to prison, they get locked up, they've had rough lives, they've been on drugs, whatever the case may be. And religion itself is a fortress for many people. It cannot be argued that it's not just people that are in Christianity that go into different religions and reclaim their focus in life and reclaim their discipline in life. There are people that are Muslims. We don't believe that Muslim uh, that the Muslim lifestyle is the way. We don't believe that Allah is God. We don't believe that, but it cannot be argued or denied that there are those such as Malcolm X himself who, you know, reclaim their focus in their lives and their direction and change their whole makeup from being engulfed in that. So the question, uh, the, the question begs, is it, is it the religion that's doing the work? 
Now, the way we can tell those who are following, following the true Messiah should be by what the Messiah said it would be. Greater works shall you do. Now, let's, let's read some scriptures and read what people who were endowed with the spirit of the Most High, with the power of the Most High, was doing. Elisha, 2 Kings, the second chapter, starting in the eighth verse. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. The two that they're talking about is Elijah and, uh, and Elisha. They were together. They walked over on dry ground, similar to what Moses did when he put his staff down and split the Red Sea, and, and, and we were fleeing from the uh, Egyptians. All right, let's, let's continue in the verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into two pieces he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell on him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. So we see that Elisha was endowed with the anointing of Elijah before Elijah got taken up on a chariot of fire. How many of our ministers and pastors and preachers in the Christian church today. And, and, and I'm going to be clear. I ain't going to just bang on Christianity today. I'm going to bang on some of you Israelites that's not doing the right thing and that's not going the right direction, that's not teaching and, and, and representing yourselves right because you make us look bad. You know, what a lot of Christians don't understand is just like if I, if I bang on the Christian church, a lot of y'all will say, well, you know that you can't throw all Christian churches under the bus because of what a few do. But y'all do that. Y'all do the same thing to others. If you see Israelite camps and groups and people that's acting a nut, you put us all under one shell and say it's a cult. It's a cult. It's a cult. What about the people who said Christianity was a cult? 
that's been called a cult by people who are not in Christianity. Anybody that's not in a particular thing, it's easy for you to call it a cult. Now, what I call a cult is somebody that's doing something obviously crazy, like, uh, you know, telling all all the uh, people that that's following them to take poison and and it, it ain't gonna kill you. <laughs> you know, I mean, now Elisha and Elijah might have had that type of power, but they wouldn't have told you to do that. Let's get back into the scriptures. Second uh, Kings. 2 and 21. We're still talking about Elisha. 2 Kings 2, 21 and 22. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. We're going to run through these scriptures because I got a lot of scriptures. We're going to run through these scriptures because I want you to see the power of Elohim and the way it should operate. Second Kings 2 and 24. And he went from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. Basically, they was mocking Elisha, talking about his bald head and mocking him. And basically, he, he cursed them. And the power of the Lord worked through that curse and two bears came out of nowhere and tore those kids apart and it was a bunch of kids it looks like and that is the power of the most high and how serious he is about his prophets his true people of god now we talk about each other all the time in the christian church so if it was some true uh, uh, prophets and, and, and true apostles up in there and I'm not saying hey listen I'm not saying that there are not people in the Christian church that really try to live a good clean righteous life I'm not saying that people in the Christian church don't believe that they believe that they believe that they believe that they are doing the right thing and that they are following the true Elohim, but what I'm saying is, we have been, as the scripture said, your leaders has your leaders have caused you to err. We have been taught a doctrine that is not proper, and we have called on names that are not proper, and we have walked in footsteps that are not proper and that's why we are not operating in the true spirit of Elohim in Christian churches or I say, should say you are not operating because I'm no longer in there um, I'm a follower of the most high creator of the earth the sea and all that dwelleth therein I follow the law statutes and commandments and he said if you don't do that 
even your prayer is an abomination. We'll go into that scripture a little bit later. But what I want you to see is how people operated. Now, I have so many scriptures. I'm trying to get this all in an hour. So some scriptures I may not be able to go into. Um, let's go into, I mean, we, we talked about Elisha. Let's, let's go into Elijah. Now this, in 1 Kings 18, 16 through 46, we're not going to read all of that because, because of time constraints. Uh, but I want you to get the gist of the story. Basically, this story was um, Elijah showing that his power was more, his the, the power of Elohim, who he served, was more than dominant over the power of Baal. Uh, and the prophets of Baal uh, were in a competition against Elijah that Elijah called upon uh, to show whose God was God. Now, we'll go into it. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab. This is 1 Kings 18, 16 to 46. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him. And Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou that he that troubleth, that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and, the, and thou hast followed ba Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to be all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves of 400 which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? Basically, how long are you going to hold two opinions of, uh, of two gods? Uh, you know, how, how long are you going to you know, straddle the fence, you know. He says, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the people answer him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the Elohim that answereth by fire, the God that answereth by fire, let him be Elohim. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and dressed it, and called on the name of Baal, from morning even 
until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or a peradventure. He sleepeth, and he must be awakened. Basically, he was he was mocking them. He's like, where your God at? <laughs> is he asleep? <laughs> Why he ain't doing what? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, unfortunately, we could go into the Christian church today and do the same thing. We could go into the Christian church and say, where is the anointing in here? We could mock the Christian church today because there's no power, I'm telling you, in the Christian churches that we see. Now, if there is power in the Christian churches, then, you know, I, I want to hear it from y'all. Send me emails. Send me, send me, uh, send me stories of, of, of things that you've seen happen. I mean, I, I've heard people say, I've seen somebody's leg grow. And I heard one lady say it was a light in, in, her, in her house, the, uh, uh, a light on the ceiling that went across the ceiling. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories. I've heard people talking. But what do we see in the Christian churches? Do we see this type of power? Uh, let's finish this story and show you the power of Elohim and how it operates. We're going we're gonna to scroll down because we know that the prophets of Baal, they was failing. Uh, we left off in 27. Uh, in the 28 talks about how they cried aloud and cut themselves with knives and lances till the blood gushed out of them just like any occultic uh, any occultic religious practices that you even see into today, but nothing was working. Uh, so in 30, in, in verse 30, and Elijah said unto all the people, come near unto me, and all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran round about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. Keep that in mind. The Lord of the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art Elohim in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord Elohim, that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then, in 38, 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is the Elohim. The Lord, he is the Elohim. And Elijah said unto them, Take prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. I mean, power. Elohim, the Most High, operates in power. This is the pattern of the church, of the Messiah. This is the pattern of the people who follow uh, Isaac, uh, 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 Jacob, the, the God of, of Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. This is the pattern that is seen in Scripture. Is this pattern seen anywhere today in our churches, in your churches? So let's talk about I, I just can't read all of these scriptures. I mean, there's so many scriptures about the power of, of the prophets. Let's ju jump down and, and read something, some things about Isaiah. We've talked about Elijah and Elisha. Now let's talk about uh, uh, um, Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 38 and read verse 1 through 8. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the Elohim of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he hath spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which has gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, ten degrees backward. So the sun returned ten degrees by which degrees it was gone down. Um, listen. The Most High operates. Elohim operates. In power. He does not operate in talk only. He operates in power. He does not operate in belief only. He operates in power. He operates in works. There's a scripture in James that says, Faith without works is dead. Let me see where, where is that scripture. Because, you know, we have to understand that We've been doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That is the definition of insanity. And 
there's a uh, there's an awakening happening in the earth right now where we have awakened to the the fact that we are the people of the book not the fake Jews that you see in Israel but we are the people we are the children of Israel we are the chosen people and there's a responsibility that comes with that what you people don't understand when you don't follow the laws statutes and commandments we unto us it says in Psalms 147 and 20 he showed his word unto Jacob his statutes and his judgments unto Israel he have not dealt so with any nation and for his judgments they have not known them praise ye the Lord John 4 and 22 says ye worship ye know not what <laughs> we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Matthew 15 and 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There, see, scripture can show you what is wrong if you will hear scripture. The Most High speaks in this day and age through his scriptures and if there are prophets if there are men of god that are operating in the power of elohim it should be apparent there should be a line out of the door of that church or those churches but alas what we see is stuff like noel jones uh when he was on a broadcast recently and he went into tears because he said, the people said, why didn't y'all tell us about the COVID coming? Why didn't you tell us? He was in tears because he could feel the pain of the people. And even he knows, and even a lot of these ministers know, that's why people are running up out of these churches in droves. They know that their time is just about up for all of this you know, got their hand out, want the tithes of the people, and they ain't Levites. <laughs> you know, they're not, they not teaching tithes correctly. It ain't even supposed to be about no money. And you, 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 you asking for money from people who are poor and people who don't have it to give. That's not the way the Most High operates. Even tithes in the scriptures, and, and, and I'll do an episode on that. Even tithes in the scriptures, it, it was not done the way that we that that these churches are doing it and the most high is sick of this stuff that you got that you people are doing ties in the storehouse was supposed to be for the people it wasn't supposed to be for no building that you renting and paying the rent it wasn't supposed to be for no salaries for no pastors to be living off of it was for the people that were in need and 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 a lot of the look that's a whole nother lesson i could go into that but listen these pastors are starting to realize a lot of these pastors are starting to realize that these people 
you know, I mean, we, we live in an age now where it's about to be put up or shut up time. We got COVID, we got AIDS, we got cancer, we got all kind of things going on, pestilences and, and diseases going on. And Christians dying just like everybody else at the same percentages and rates that everybody else is dying. Now, when you learn that the Most High has put everything in the earth that you need to heal yourself, that's part of it. Scripturally, it says that the herb shall heal the nations in Revelations. Oh, my goodness. Some of, some of this stuff I'm going into, I, I'm rambling into stuff that I know the scriptures, but I, I, I haven't prepared them. I don't know exactly where they are, but I mean, you know, I, I, I've been in I've been in church. I've been in the most high for so long that. I know a scripture for every situation. Sometimes I don't know exactly where it is. And that's where improvement must come. And that's why you have to be prepared for these broadcasts to have these scriptures laid out. But I'm telling you that there are scriptures and revelations that say the herbs shall heal the nations. So anything that is that's wrong with you, anything that ails you, the most high has an herb for it. He has something he's putting the earth, a plant, a herb, something for it. Also, we eat in demonic ways because we were taught to eat in demonic ways because we came out of slavery as the people eating all kind of unclean foods. And I know that you've been taught that nothing is unclean, that you you pray over your food, and the Most High ain't going to let nothing happen to you, blah, 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 blah. Well, if that was the case, we wouldn't all be having higher rates for heart disease. We wouldn't be having higher rates for diabetes than any other nations on the earth. So it's apparent that the curses, the generational curses of eating wrong, the generational curses of all kind of things that we do, it's coming to pass that we are dropping dead. You know, it's all kind of generational curses that we are under because Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, talks about the curses that the people would face if we didn't obey and we wasn't obedient, you know, and we don't obey and we're not obedient. And we are stiff-necked people just like he talked about. And that's why we suffer the things that we suffer. They talk about black-on-black -black crime. But, but what they don't talk about is the fact that you kill where you live. You know, white people kill each other at an at 80% higher rate than, than anybody else kill white people too. Because they you kill where you live. If you live in a particular uh, uh, neighborhood around a bunch of white people and something happened in that neighborhood, then you, I mean... That's just the way it goes. But with us being a, a, a smaller, uh, uh, we're a small percentage of the population that have a higher murder rate. It's because of the curses in the scriptures. The, the, the reason why our parents and grandparents and our people are dying from 
different diseases is because we don't eat right. We still eat like slaves. We still eat like we're in captivity. We still eat that pork and we ain't supposed to be eating that pork. And when you tell a black person about not eating pork, they get their nose up in the air and their nose open and they want to argue with you and tell you. I had one of my relatives tell me, uh, well, you know, people want to talk about pork, but, um, you know, what about sugar? Okay, what I told him, uh, you get shot in the head with an Uzi, an AK, or a 22, you still dead. It don't matter. So, yeah, sugar ain't good for you in, in excess, but pork ain't good for you at all. And it's scripturally, it's scripturally not legal for us to eat it. Now, we've been taught that, you know, because you you people do not understand Paul. And Paul trips up Christian. Christianity basically is tripped up by Paul because, as Peter said, his, his words are hard to be understood. His books are hard to be understood, and you have to have a high understanding of them. You know, and all you prophets and so-called Holy Ghost field people out there that pose to have supposed to have more knowledge of the scripture because you got the Holy Spirit, that's a big implication right there that that's not the case. Because if you did, then you would understand that the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High we are supposed to keep. You would also be enlightened that we are we are teaching the wrong doctors in these churches. If you really had the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would be leading you and guiding you to the truth that we are the people and we supposed to do things a certain way. Just like, okay, and that, that brings me into the next phase of this. Where are the, where are the prophets today? And, and I know I have relatives and I have people that, you know, the, the, the last church I was in, they, op they supposedly operated in the prophetic. So they probably think I'm talking about them directly. And I'm going to say, I ain't talking about them directly. I'm talking about the whole, I mean, like I, like I, like I tell people sometimes, you just another brick in the wall. Every time I'm talking about a particular thing, if I say prophet and you just cause you think you're a prophet, if I say prophet, I, I ain't necessarily talking about you. I'm talking about the whole kitten caboodle. I'm saying in today's church, not just in no particular church, but in today's church, where are the prophets, the true prophets? Because the scripture said that uh, in Deuteronomy, we're we going to get into that. Let's talk about where the true prophets are today. Let's talk about it. So, um, let's go into Amos. We're going we gonna to run down, you know, the, the, this this thing about, you know, uh, true prophets and what they pose to be and how they pose to operate and how you know a true prophet and a false prophet, you know, and and, and, and just like we're talking about how you know the true church of, of Christ and the false one. Let's talk about the prophets. Let's go to Amos, the third chapter. We're going to read the third chapter through the eighth chapter hear this word that the lord has spoken against you O children of israel against the whole family which i brought up from the land of egypt saying you only have i known of all the families of the earth therefore 
I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Will a lion roar in the forest when he have no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord have not done it? Surely, pay attention here, saints and sinners, surely the Lord God will do nothing but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Let me read verse 7 again. Surely the Lord Elohim will do nothing but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. The lion have roared, who will not fear? The Lord Elohim have spoken, who can but prophesy? Let's go to Isaiah 45 and 7 because you need to understand that, you know, a lot of, you know, I mean, because when reading about prophets in the prophetic, it's like, just like uh, Bishop Noel Jones on that broadcast and he was saying how his church members were like, why you didn't tell us about COVID? I mean, you know, if it's true prophets in the earth, why y'all didn't prophesy that? Why didn't y'all prophesy that COVID was coming? Now, some of us have been saying for a while, and I don't call myself no prophet. I call myself a watcher, a watchman. You know, I sit on the wall, I watch, I tell you what's going on. If And so the blood won't be on my hands. If you don't listen and you, you don't take heed, then your blood is not on my hands. It's on your own hands when you go down the wrong rabbit hole. When you take them vaccines and I'm sitting here telling you, you better not take them vaccines and this is why. And you say, ah, ain't nobody paying attention to what you're talking about. Okay, go ahead and take it. And then, it's, you know what I mean, you drop dead or, or I'm, and I'm not saying that you're going to drop dead if you take the vaccine. It may not be something that may happen right, I mean, just as soon, I mean, there have been people that took it and dropped dead right after they took it, but it don't happen that way with everybody, but eventually, whatever is in that vaccine is going to change something in your DNA in a, in a negative way, and that has been proven, but we ain't gonna, but, but we ain't gonna go into that, but what, what we're talking about is we're we not going to stay on that. I, I'll do another episode on that. But what we're talking about is if if prophecy is active in the Christian church, if Christianity is the right way, if the Holy Spirit is living in so many of you people and, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, why didn't the church prophesy about COVID coming? If the modern day black church, if the modern day church, if Christianity that we supposedly uh, are, are knee deep uh, up in, in the most high's will with, if, if, if that's the case, why the Holy Spirit didn't have you prophesy about this, this, uh, uh, this virus? Now, you might say, well, you know, because uh, I just read the scripture that says, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city 
and the people not be afraid, shall there be evil in the city, and the Lord have not done it? And if the Lord did it, then you you know, prophets should have been prophesying about the evil that's coming. Why? Because the Lord, it says, surely the Lord Elohim will do nothing but he reveal his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So Isaiah 45 and 7, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So whatever the Lord is doing and whatever is done is done by him. Surely he will reveal that to his servants, the prophets. And if he revealed it to you, would you not reveal it to the people? Matthew 7, 15 and 20. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Yeah, you've heard this, this scripture before. Many of you I know. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns? or figs, of thistles. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire, whereby their fruits ye shall know them. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Okay. This is ABC 123, ladies and gentlemen. But when you in the Christian church, it's hard for you to see the errors. And when you get out, it's easy for you to see. Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, 21 through 22, tells you how to decipher a true prophet and a fake prophet. Let me read to you what it says. And if thou say in thy heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. Okay, there it is. Now, I've had pastors tell me otherwise. I had a, uh, I had a pastor tell me, oh, well, you can change uh, a prophecy by what you do. That ain't what the scriptures say. Now, show me that scripture where it says what you do going to change the prophecy. Now, the most high can change his mind on certain things. But the scripture in Deuteronomy says, if a prophet says something and it don't come true, he's a false prophet. And that's what I'm rolling with because that's what the scriptures say. Some of y'all, some of y'all out there, you want to say, uh, well, I'm going to pray for you. Please don't pray for me. Why? Because if you're not following the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, you are operating in deception, and your prayer is an abomination. Do, do you know, where, where is the scripture? Do you know 
that even your prayer is an abomination, if you're not following the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, and you are being taught, and you are being taught not to follow, let, let's first go to Proverbs. Proverbs 28 and 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination, shall be abomination. Oh my, did you know that? So if, if the law is done away with, and you ain't supposed to follow the law, and you ain't even supposed to open up the Old Testament, you don't need to open the Old Testament, you just need the New Testament, because that's where Christ died for you, even though he told you in Matthew that not one jot or one tittle will be taken from the law. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. But he didn't fulfill. But what you you have to understand what he fulfilled. The law of sacrifice is what he fulfilled. That don't mean the whole law. Everything that has to do with the law, he fulfilled. Because it says till heaven and earth pass away. Heaven and earth is not passed away. Or at least I don't think so. I think I'm walking around on the earth. Maybe I'm. Uh, maybe this is the twilight zone. Let's go to First John two and four. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word. In him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him also, himself also to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. The Most High ain't new to this. He true to this. Titus 1. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not, for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies, this witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth unto pure, unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know Elohim, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. See, people in the Christian church profess that they know Elohim, but you're not following his law, statutes, and commandments. That's the first problem. And you don't understand Paul. You don't understand what he means. Because Paul in Acts, I think it was the 22nd chapter, somewhere around in there, was taken before the council 
which James was ahead of, because James, unbeknownst to popular belief, James was the one that Christ passed on the mantle to to to, to run the Christian uh, church. Uh, run, well, I ain't gonna call it the Christian church, but he passed on the mantle of his teachings to James to be the leader of the church, not Paul. Although Paul said he saw a vision, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I mean, I ain't getting into debates about Paul right now, but I mean, because, um, but I mean, you know, not really getting off into Paul right now, but I, I, I'm going to say that Paul was brought up before the council of the churches, which was led by James. He was brought up on charges for teaching outside of the law and teaching people not to follow the law and he denied that he denied that right there in scripture you can see where he denied that so i don't understand how the christian church can to this day believe that paul was saying you don't have to follow the law statutes and commandments but moving on to greater points because, you know, we ain't going to lay up in that right now. I mean, it, it'll be episodes where we talk about Paul because Christians, y'all do not understand Paul's books. Just like Peter said, his books are hard to be understood. Y'all don't understand them. And you should be following the law, statutes and commandments of the Most High. And the fact that you're not is why there's no power in the Christian church in today's Christian church. Now, I will talk about one particular situation. Let's, I mean, I've been in the church. I, I was in the Christian church for my my whole life. I'm 52, about to be 52 years old, and I was in the Christian church most of my life before I came out of religion and into the truth of just following the Most High, following His law, statutes, and commandments, and uh, the truth that we are Israel. Um, there was a situation that I saw. One that I can think of that was very significant. There is there is a mother. You know they used to call them mothers of the church. The mother, mother when they get to a certain age, uh, elderly age, they would call them the mothers. So one of the mothers, I'll call her, one of the mothers of the church I grew up in, uh, which was a holiness church. Uh, her sister was the pastor, and she was one of the mothers of the church. Very well respected, the sweetest lady you ever wanted to meet in life, one of my favorite people ever on the face of the earth. And she was my favorite, if if you would say, out of the, the pastor's sisters, which the pastor, which was a female. Yes, she was a female. Uh, she had uh, multiple sisters, and uh, but this sister was my favorite. She had um, a spirit on her that was just... Now, if you talk about fruits of the spirit, she had that. She had that. She's one of the people that I've seen in my life that had the fruits of the spirit, that operated in the fruits of the spirit. She got very sick. 
she was, as the world would call it, on her deathbed. As the world would call it, on her deathbed, so to speak. The pastor, who was her sister, obviously was praying and she probably was fasting and the church was praying, everybody was praying. She hadn't been to service in a, quite a while because of her sickness and she was bedridden and the pastor had been over there, over to her house praying with her and all kind of stuff. And um, so as the story goes, the pastor explained to us that one of the episodes or one of the days where she was over praying for her sister that the Most High uh, prompted her, and the Holy Spirit prompted her to, as in Second Kings, with the story of Elisha, let's read that, because it correlates to this story I'm about to tell you directly. Uh, as in Second Kings with Elisha, when he breathed in the child's mouth, that's what the Most High prompted her to do to her sister. Uh, let's read Second Kings 4, 32 and 30 through 35. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and stretched himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked into the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Now we can correlate this story to what I'm saying. Uh, with this particular story with the mother, um, as her sister stated that the Most High prompted her to lay on top of her sister and breathe in her mouth which she was reluctant to do, she explained, because obviously the ramifications of what people would think to know that she's laying on top of her sister breathing in her mouth, you know, they would think something homosexual or something like that. If if you told most people that that's, that's what she did, or if she, I mean, she, she would look at the perception of that and say, you know, it, it just don't look right. However, the Most High wasn't thinking homosexual. He was thinking, that's what I need you to do to transfer my power into her and my healing into her. Just as in scripture with Elisha, that's what I need you to do. See, the Most High doesn't think the way we think. And he's not thinking in the way that we are thinking when it comes to the way things look, he's thinking about his power and how it needs to be transferred. And so she relented at first and then she, I mean, or she was reluctant at first, I'm sorry. And then she relented and uh, was obedient to the most high. And she did such and laid on her sister and breathed in her mouth and Make a long story short, I don't know if it happened instantaneously, but her sister was healed 
Uh, I don't know if it was a gradual thing after that or if it happened right away, but she was healed and is still alive today at the age of 96 years old. And And the pastor herself passed away many, many years ago, but her sister is still alive today. Now, that's one story I can tell you that I experienced. And in respect to the family, you know, I want to be very respectful. That's why I didn't say the name of the sister, uh, of the mother, uh, you know, or the name of the family or anything like that. But that's something that I saw that most people would say that was the power of God in operation right there. That's what you're talking about right there. Okay, let's decipher that. I'm not going to say that that wasn't. I do know that if we look at the facts of the situation, we had a female pastor um, and we had a church that was a holiness church that I grew up in that did not teach that we should follow the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. Now, putting two and two together, putting the scriptures together and what I believe together, how would I decipher that particular miracle or that particular uh, occurrence? This is what I would say. First of all, I'm not going to speak against the female pastor that was pastor in the church because I don't know her origins. What do I mean by that? Just like Deborah and certain females in the scriptures, there were times and reasonings that the Most High used women in certain ways. There was only isolated times and isolated reasonings. However, it wasn't just Every or any old woman that wanted to uh, be a teacher or or, or uh, prophesy over men was doing it in biblical in biblical times. It wasn't like that. It was it had to be. It was just isolated situations, isolated times where that's what the Most High chose to do. But overall, men, as it says in I think it's a scripture in Ezekiel. Men were who the Most High chose to work through. Now, this particular pastor, I don't know what her origins are. And from when I say I don't know what her origins are, I don't, I don't know, excuse me. I don't know what the circumstances were to put her in the position of being a pastor of that church. I don't know how that happened, that it wasn't a man, that it was her. I don't know. I don't know if she just went off and started her own church or if somebody passed on the mantle to her because there was nobody else to do it. Or I don't know the origins. I never knew the origins of how she got in the position that she was in. So should she have been the pastor of the church? Per scripture, no. A woman ain't supposed to be no pastor, per scripture. And I I sat up under a woman uh, more than once in my life. There was, I mean, the last church I came out of, there was an assistant pastor 
that was a woman. And really, you might as well say she was the pastor, but <laughs> either way, as far as Pastor uh, Williams that pastored the church I came up in, I'm not going to speak against her because, like I said, I don't know the circumstances. If if I knew the circumstances, then I could say, oh, no, no, she shouldn't have been doing that. But I don't know the circumstances because sometimes the most high, if there is no man that's worthy to stand in, in those in those footsteps uh, or there is no man worthy to be in a certain situation, he may use a female uh, but but most of these females I would say 90% of these females today that's talking about they anointed to preach and the most high want them to preach nah, you, 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 you want to be heard and you want to elevate yourself to a certain position but per scripture you ain't supposed to be doing that you need to have a man to cover you and you teach the women and the children you know what I'm saying? You ain't supposed to be, you know what I mean? But this particular situation, I can't speak on it. And it's not just because, you know, there's some affinity that I had. I mean, I loved, I, I did love Pastor Williams. Uh, I loved her family. I loved a lot of the people that went to that church or I consider to be family to this day. Um, a lot of them probably would disagree with what I'm saying right now, but I can't speak to that particular situation. Like I said, there are certain situations where a female voice is put in place per the most high for different reasons. Do I think that she was, I cannot really confirm that. What I do know is there are times, if we were to talk about this particular thing that happened, there are times where we believe or where Christianity believes that certain thing that happened is because of their anointing or their holiness. And sometimes it ain't nothing to do with that. It's the fact that you don't know that the Most High keeps watch over you for another reason. And that reason is that you are his people. And you are near and dear to his heart because you are his people. You don't realize who you are. You are his people. If his eyes on the sparrow, he is definitely watching over you. You are the chosen people of the scriptures. And it is not those people that is over there in Israel right now. It is you. And because of that, the Most High has mercy on you in a lot of situations because of the fact of who you are. And he sees when you're sick and he sees when you are hurting and he sees when you are in distress, not because... 50 million people praying for you, but because he is all seeing, all knowing, and you are his son. It says that Israel is his son in the scriptures. You are his baby. Even though he had to punish you, 
even though you wouldn't listen and wouldn't follow his law, statutes, and commandments, and still to this day you won't follow his law, statutes, and commandments because you've let the colonialism and, and, and the way that you were taught scriptures over the centuries in a generational curse of information teach you the scriptures the wrong way. And that's what's wrong with our community right to this day. And while we're going through the, all the curses that we're going through, why you see black on black crime, why you see uh, uh, us dying from the foods that we eat, uh, why you see uh, high blood pressure higher in black people, why you see diabetes higher in black people, why you see um, crack, the crack epidemic that came upon our neighborhoods, why you see us going through all of the curses that Deuteronomy 28th chapter said that the people would go through when they went to a land not their own. And so if I were to explain that particular thing that I just laid out for you that I saw happen in the Christian church, I think it was the same thing that happens a lot of times when we see things happen, you know, when we get sick, when the doctor tell you you got uh, some type of cancer or uh, something happens to where, you know, you get given a bad report at the doctor's office and then you wind up not dying or being healed or you get better. It's not always, it's not always the reason that you think that you got better. It ain't cause the pastor prayed for you, blah, 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 blah. If the pastor ain't following the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, his prayer, even his prayer is an abomination. That's what the scripture said. And yours is an abomination too, if you're not following the law, statutes, and commandments. But that doesn't mean that the Most High will not find favor on you and will not have mercy upon you. There are ministering spirits that walk around this earth that give reports on you. Just like the devil go up and, and accuse you before the Most High, there are ministering spirits that go up and give a report on you. And the Most High himself is all-seeing and all-knowing, so he know what's going on with you before you even pray. Before you could even pray, he already know what you need. He already know what you want. He already know what he has to do to save your life in a situation that's life-threatening. And he will decide what he wants to do per what he has for you to do. If there is something that he has for you to do in the earth and it's not your time to go, he's going to keep you around. If there's a reason or glory that he can get out of you that he wants to portray, then he will keep you on this earth. As an example or whatever the case may be. So I believe that the mother... Um, it wasn't her time. It was something that the Most High wanted to portray through her healing. We are the people. And because we are the people, the Most High will yet choose Jacob, as the scripture said. He will yet choose Jacob. He will yet have mercy on Jacob. And there are times that he will, he will heal us in spite of ourselves. Now, as I say, I want to be re very respectful to the people that went, that I, that 
that I went to that church with because I have a lot of respect for them. And, but I cannot say that that church was right either. Or it was in order either. I can't say that. Because we weren't following the law, statutes, and commandments. We weren't taught to do that. We were taught that, you know, because of Christ, we didn't have to do that. Just like all these churches teach. And that is not the correct doctrine. And that is why we see all of the things happen in the Christian church that we see. Because just like, I mean, I mean, even in that church, there were a lot of things that you saw happening that wasn't holy, that wasn't right, that people was doing to each other and saying to each other in ways they was acting. I mean, there was people in my family that was raised up in that church that have never treated me right. And see, what I do is, if a person don't treat me right, or a person don't treat me with respect, the Most High has given me the anointing to know how to walk away or how to move on and still be able to navigate. And, 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 and you know, I, hey, listen, there's a lot of people I cut off in my life because why? They didn't have the proper respect for me. And not a day that I have any second thoughts about it. Because if you can't treat me right, you can't be in my face. If you can't treat me right, I don't want to be around you. If you can't treat me right, the Most High has given me the strength to walk away from you without any repercussions or any, 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 uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, it it was like water on my on a duck's back. We do not treat each other well, whether we in the Christian church or not, and that doesn't show the fruits of the spirit, and that doesn't show the way that the church is supposed to operate. And the reason that it is so, the reason that we are that way, is because we are not in alignment. We are not in alignment. There are some of us, yes, that do show the fruits of the Spirit. I have seen people in the church growing up that I went to, and I've seen people in other churches that I've gone to over the years that have operated seemingly in the fruits of the Spirit. But if the body as a whole is sick, then all the members of the body are sick. And so... That doesn't mean that if my if my kidney is bad and my heart is bad, that don't mean that I don't have good circulation. That don't mean that I don't have other things in my body that are operating properly, but there are certain things in my body that may not be operating properly, then that means eventually the whole body can die. The Christian church is not operating properly in all its faculties. There are certain parts of the doctrine that are sick and have been sick for generations. There are certain parts of the doctrine that need to be refurbished and we need to first understand who we are, that we are the people. 
when we understand that we are the people, we understand that there's a responsibility to be in the people, which is we must follow the law, statutes, and commandments. If, if, if the earth don't follow the law, statutes, and commandments, that's one thing. But to us have been given the oracles of God, and we got to follow the law, statutes, and commandments. That's just what it is. And we are taught otherwise because our enemies know that when we're out of alignment, we don't have the power of our, of our Elohim behind us as we would if we were in alignment. Just like in the scripture, there were times when our enemies would attack us because they knew that we were out of alignment with the Most High. But they would never attack us when they knew we were in alignment with the Most High because they knew that our God would protect us. Right now, our God is not protecting us because we're out of alignment. Now, as I said, there are times where he will step in out of his mercy for his people, for his son, for his chosen people. He will step in. And save your life in a in a car accident where you thought you should have died in a in a situation where you were sick and you was on your deathbed and, and you wound up coming out of it. Yes, there are times where he will. But then a, a lot of us right up in the church are dying of diseases and and a lot of us right up in the church is getting uh, shot and killed or uh, having certain things happen to us. So if the church was all powerful as I mean look at look at look at the situation with 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 that with with the with the little white boy walking up in that church and shooting all those people a few years back. They was having Bible study and he walked in their church and shot them people. Where was the prophets in that situation? Where was the prophetic? Where was the where was the Holy Spirit warning them that this was about to happen? That would have not happened to any of God's, any of Elohim's holy people in, in biblical times. The Holy Spirit would have prompted them, don't trust this person. Don't let this person in. There are many evidences of the fact that the Christian church is out of alignment today. Period. There are many evidences in the earth over the last 600 to thousands of 1200 years that the church is out of order. Where is the church without a spot or a wrinkle? I don't see it. And now I know why. Because we are not following the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High as the scripture said we are to do. Especially as the people. A lot of you may not want to admit that we're the people and not accept that we are the people just because you know some of you know the responsibility that comes with that. 
It's just like some people don't want to be leaders in society or don't want to be leaders in certain situations because they know that that leadership comes with a lot of responsibility. Now, some of you just ain't following the law because you just don't don't read your word and just don't know or you just confused with Paul's books, whatever the case may be. But some of you, I think, subconsciously know that we're the people but don't want to take on that mantle. But it's not an option. You are born into it. You are born an Israelite. Not no Hebrew Israelite or whatever labels they want to put on us. Just like they tell you you born black. They don't say Negro black or if you Caucasian, they don't say white Caucasian, you know, <laughs> but you want to call us black Hebrew Israelites. That's a dumb term. No, you're just an Israelite. If you're born as the seed of Abraham, literally, not spiritually, like, you know, a lot of you want to talk about spiritual Israel. There's no such thing as spiritual Israel. but literally born into the lineage, then you are Israelite. And you and you are out of alignment if you're not following the law, you eating any old thing you want to put in your body, pork and seafood, crab and lobsters. You ain't supposed to be eating none of that stuff. And that's why we get sick, and that's why we come up with all of these ailments. And the Most High lets some of us die. And there are some of us that he does show his mercy upon because he may have a glory he wants to get out of us. It just, for whatever reason, is not going to be our time. That story I gave you is one of only one story I can really think of off the top of my head that I've actually seen happen with my own eyes or that I've actually experienced in my own life where there was something that happened that seemed to be an anointed occurrence. And even that, like I said, it may not have happened for the reason that we think it happened. It may not have just been that she was so anointed that she breathed in, in her mouth and, and, and she was healed, whatever the case may be. I'm not saying it, it wasn't valid maybe maybe it was that way but what i'm saying is every time that we get a healing or every time we get a blessing it's not because we're so anointed as much as it is because the most high has mercy on his people now we're going to take a a quick break uh, and when I come back off of the break, we going to get on you Israelites that's not in alignment. We're going to talk about you too, because we ain't going to just bang on the Christians. We know they out of alignment, but we're going to also talk about you guys, because you make us look bad. And we cannot bring the lost tribes together we cannot do christ's work which is to gather the lost tribes back together gather the lost tribes of our people 
out of Christianity and into the truth when we have certain sects of you that portray us in this awakening as devilish and demonic and operating outside of the fruits of the spirit. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back with you shortly.